0: Hello everyone. We're asked to um, focus this week on looking together as our theme and in particular we're going to look at what the Bible says about the Church as the Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ. So keep this in mind as we explore a little of today's readings. One of the loveliest weddings I have attended as a guest was very simple and a bit unusual. So as to include invited guests, plus the large church family, the couple had decided against an uh, an expensive reception in the usual sense of the word. Instead, a big and beautiful wedding cake was placed inside the church building near the entrance. And I seem to remember it was on top of the big stone font. Everyone had to walk past it on the way to our seats. So we could all linger to admire the tears of this lovely cake. After the service, everyone was invited to remain in the church for a cup of tea and a piece of the cake. As you can imagine, after the couple had cut the cake, it took a little while for it to be served and hot drinks to be brought from the church kitchen, but it was done with speed and efficiency and with time for everyone to chat happily, so it was a lovely social occasion. No one was excluded. And of course, all of this was because the couple wanted to share their happiness as much as possible. In general, weddings are meant to be joyfully memorable. And the analogy is often used in the Bible to speak about God, Jesus in the New Testament, as the bridegroom and his people, the church, as the bride. Every wedding symbolises the commitment of the couple to each other and to being part of a new family. This new or deepened sense of commitment remains in weddings today, even if there are already children and a home together, the symbolism is still there. When we turn to the Bible, we frequently find the picture of a wedding to express God's commitment to his people and they to him. One beautiful example of this is in the book of the prophet Hosea, back in the days of the Old Testament. Hosea's wife is unfaithful, but he welcomes her back again and again. With a sense of great sorrow, God says that this is how his people have behaved towards him, with much accompanying unhappiness. However, even though they have been faithless, God will be faithful to them. In Hosea chapter 1 and verses 19 to 23, God says to his people, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness. I will say, you are my people, and they will say, you are my God. Here, is an exchange of vows. God has made a commitment and he will not break it. The sense of this phrase recurs many times throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. I will be their God and they will be my people. In the culture of Bible times a wedding took, uh, took place in several stages First came the betrothal, which was usually arranged by the bride's family, her parents in particular. The betrothal would last for about one year and it was considered as binding as the marriage itself. It could only be dissolved by means of a legal divorce. At the betrothal, the bride received a gift from her future husband, signifying the commitment being made. During that year we can well imagine the preparations being underway. Then after the year of betrothal came the wedding feast, a community event which often lasted several days. And then finally after all this the newly married couple returned to the home of the groom's parents to live. The New Testament pictures the church as the bride of Christ Church, of course, being the collective name for all who have said yes to the Lord Jesus down through the ages. The commitment has been made on both sides. And it is as if now we are in the time of betrothal, a time of waiting. And it can feel like such a long time. But this is not a time of passive idleness. The bridegroom has already given us his wedding gift as the seal of his commitment. In one of the letters to the early church, this is in Ephesians chapter one, we read that after Jesus died and rose again, the church came into being and the Holy Spirit was given to believers as a sign of their new relationship with the risen Christ. The time of betrothal is sealed by this gift from the bridegroom. The gift of the Holy Spirit means that Jesus' people can now begin to identify with him. This is the new kind of life that we read about in Acts 2 and Philippians 3, our two readings for today. By the way the believers live, the world is to know that they belong to Jesus Receiving his gift of the Holy Spirit makes this possible. So in Acts we read about how the early church shared life with Jesus. Everything they did demonstrated that they were his. They were devoted to learning about Jesus, on whom all God's promises had always been centred. Alongside this went a devotion to prayer and worship, fellowship with each other. There were miracles and the believers ate together and generally shared life with one another so that no one was in need. They were characterized by joyfulness and their numbers grew. All of this happened because they had received Jesus' gift of the Holy Spirit. To the church in Philippi St Paul speaks powerfully about sharing life with the Lord Jesus, about how knowing Christ is his whole purpose for living. Everything else pales into insignificance compared to knowing Christ, even if this means sharing the fellowship of his sufferings. But this is not the end. Paul is also looking forward to sharing in Christ's resurrection life. He goes on in verse 20 to speak of how our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Not only are, are we to live life on earth in a way that identifies us with the Lord Jesus, to whom we are already committed, We also look forward to sharing in his resurrection when we shall be with him forever. So, pulling all this together, we live now in the days of betrothal, the commitment has been made, we have received the bridegroom's gift, and the wedding day is coming. St John in Revelation chapter 19 writes of his vision of the return of the Lord Jesus. He says this, The wedding of the Lamb, that's Jesus, has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then later in chapter 21, he looks ahead to this when he writes, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with mortals, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. There will be no more sin or sorrow, for we shall share the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus. When Jesus returns to claim his bride, all who have ever said yes Lord, I am yours, he will bring home to his Father's house in heaven, never more to be separated. St John's vision finishes with these words in chapter 22. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen.